1: Welcome to Podski Wee. I'm Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham. Mike, it's been a while since you and I have done one of these. Um, obviously, some big news we have to discuss in the tire Cats front. But before we get to that, just wanted to ask you, since this is really the first time you and I have had a chance to talk. I mean, we text every now and then, but first time you and I have sat down a, behind a microphone to actually talk to one another. How have you been? Well, how, did you do anything interesting over the last six or seven weeks that we we took off did you how was your christmas how was your new year's
0: is what have you been up to buddy absolutely nothing because the tiger cats are my <laughs> life and then when the season ends my life ends and then it starts up again in june oh so you,
1: you like you like put yourself in sort of like hibernation
0: yes absolutely i'm like a bear but no <laughs> uh i had a really good christmas uh um you know small christmas uh I, my mother obviously uh, uh, couldn't get out here this this winter but that's okay we'll make it happen next winter um had a nice small Christmas with the girlfriend and uh, and Jacob, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, had a little time off over Christmas, so that's always nice. And uh, I understand that you made it out to uh, the east coast of Canada. How was that?
1: I did. I spent my Christmas out in Prince Edward Island, your old stomping grounds. My brother and my nephew live out there now, and this was an opportunity. Uh, my, my dad had gone out there with my mom back in the summer, and he stayed to help my brother around the house. My dad's retired and uh with my with my nephew so my mom came back and she just said hey we're going out there for christmas here's your plane ticket and we went off we left uh mid-december came back early january uh it was great it was great being out there it's not a lot to do in the winter time of prince Edward island so there was a uh, mostly just spending time with family we it was the first christmas we had spent together since 2018 which seems like forever ago. But then again, also doesn't seem that long ago. It was just maybe three weeks was a little long and maybe wintertime's not the best time to be in a place that's more known for its summer tourism. But hey, I'm not going to complain get, to get to spend three weeks with my family that I I don't see that often. And we got to watch football together. We got to watch darts together. We got to do all the things that we used to do as a family. So it was just, it was just really nice.
0: Yeah, I, I completely learned it. As you get older your time with your family is just more and more precious because you realize that uh, things don't last forever. So I'm happy you got out there.
1: Well, that's just it. I, uh, we've lost family. I know you have. I have as well lost family members over the last few years. So that you're right. The more time you get to spend with your your family, the, the, more, the more precious that time feels. And it's just we all used to live together at one point, And that seems like forever and a day ago. And, and it was just it was weird and nice to be in the same house. all together again especially around the holidays like who doesn't like being around family at the holidays right like it's sad that you weren't allowed you weren't able to have your mom with you but i know the next time you do it's going to be fantastic right
0: yeah exactly and uh you know just something special about that time of year that i noticed that uh like once again as you get older you appreciate more and you know you're on we're both on the other end now we don't really get excited about presents but giving them you know is, is an exciting thing so it's awesome Oh, especially when kids are around
1: like yep. my yep. nephew got really has gotten really into football like he wasn't a big football fan when he left here. Now he's gotten really into football. For some reason became a Washington Commanders fan. Not entirely sure how that happened, but me and my family, we all have NFL teams and we all have these like T-shirt jerseys like I got a George Kittle one. My dad's got a Josh Allen one. My brother has a Trevor Lawrence one. We were able to get my nephew a, a Terry McLaurin one so he can join kind of the family and wearing his what my dad calls his Sunday bests. When, you know, Washington <laughs> Buffalo plays, my dad puts on his bill stuff. I obviously wear my Niners stuff, so on and so forth. So that was really nice. He got the Madden video game. So him and I just sat and played Madden a bunch. I kicked the, his teeth down his throat a bunch of times. But as, as the his leg out of his leg, I, I did. I did. <laughs> I kicked his leg right up from under his leg. Uh, that, that is a very, I mean, I don't think that's a, maybe it's a niche reference, but the, the ones who get it really enjoy that one. Um, but as, as the, like, we got it, he got it on Christmas. And then as I was leaving, he was getting a little bit better and a little bit better. So I worry the next time I go out there that he might actually be able to beat me. So anyway, it's just like, like yeah, giving gifts is at this age is is way more fun than receiving them. So it was just, just a pleasure to be around everybody. But moving on, speaking of gifts, it was didn't come at Christmas, but Hamilton Tirecat fans got a gift, and this is the thing that everyone tuning in right now wants to hear us talk about, and that was on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we should say we were gonna record a show Tuesday morning, were we not? And then this news hit and we we're like, well, I guess we have to postpone. But at least it was they were nice enough to take to put the news out before we record instead of after, right?
0: Yeah, that was very you know, they contacted us and said, Hey guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, You're but make it was this nice. Move. It was and nice he, to get it before, then after.
1: So, obviously, it became official on Tuesday. Bo Levi Mitchell is a Hamilton Tiger Cat. The two-time Most Outstanding Player signed a three-year deal with the club that makes him one of the highest-paid players, highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. Mitchell had indicated that he planned to test free agency, but most people who know what they're talking about and believed, like they, they believed, or maybe I should say believed, that once Mitchell's rights were traded to the Tiger Cats, that it was only a matter of time before his name was on a contract was it like, unless you were a completely delusional moron, you kind of knew that Bo was going to be in black and gold this year. Did you not? I've uh, I've said, I think Bo Levi Mitchell will be the next quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough
0: Riders. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean everybody and their mother basically knew that Bo was going to end up in Hamilton. Now I'd like, I wasn't going to say it, you know, you weren't going to say that it was a for sure thing because it wasn't. But the assumption was, and this is how these things usually play out, if you sign a player, you get these rights, you're going to have that time to negotiate with them and you're going to be able to bring them in. I think um, there's been a number of quarterbacks over the years that this has happened to and they've all ended up on the team that traded for their rights. And to think, I don't, I just... Hamilton is a much better situation for Bo to come in and have success than he would be in Saskatchewan. I'm sorry. It's just, it just a better situation. Um, he's going to get around the same money uh, that he would there. He, he was
1: think. getting paid no matter where he went. He, yeah, exactly. And he said it himself. And
0: we'll we'll get into that.
1: But, yeah, he, he the money wasn't – a couple tens of thousands of dollars here or there
0: wasn't going to make or break where he signed. Exactly. So uh, – I I, how do you how do you feel about this? Do you, are you excited for the Bo Levi era in Hamilton? Well, that that was going to be one of the things I was going to add
1: because there's like a lot to uh, kind of unpack here, and that's one of the things that's it. It did feel like there's a renewed sense of optimism around the team. I think that that's a a fair assessment to make. I I, I don't think we can place all the blame on the troubles last year on the quarterback position. I think that that's unfair to Dane Evans, unfair to Matthew Schultz. I think that this team had issues deeper than just how the quarterback played but you can't deny that quarterback play was was a problem you look at it now and and maybe it's because of mitchell's resume the 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 mops the the gray cups that he's won like that kind of gets you excited for the fact that there's something and it's always there's always an excitement around new too right like unless you win the championship you're always looking at your team saying how how can they get better and when you bring in someone of mitchell's caliber you can't help but get at least a little bit excited at least i am what about you
0: yeah, I'm excited. I mean, this is the way. This is the path that the team chose, right? And I, we talked about this um, on our last episode of 2022, I believe. You know, what? Who's going to be the quarterback of this team? And, and I think we both said that we think it's going to be Dane Evans, and we thought that Dane Evans deserved another kick at the can, you know, to, to be the starter of this team next year. Obviously, the team evaluated their performance last season and quickly made the decision that Dane Evans was a big problem in this offense. I mean, they, they, they made the trade like the week of gray cup. So uh, it was a very quick decision and they knew what they wanted to do. So I I really like Dane. I do. I like him as a person. I think he can still be a really good quarterback in this league. And I wish him nothing but success wherever he goes, but the team is rolling with Bo and that's, that's who I'm going to roll with as well.
1: Well, they made the trade eight days after they were eliminated from the playoffs. Like it was the Monday of Grey Cup week, and they were eliminated eight days prior on the Sunday of semifinal week. So, again, I know that, and I think even when we talked about then, like it, it, this is going to feel as if the team is placing all of their problems last year where they went eight and ten, and they struggled for most of the season. I know the the record doesn't look terrible. A eight and ten record is not what you strive for, but considering where they were at some points, Last season, you you take that as like, oh, man, they really turned things around. But it was a slog last year for this team. But how often do Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks who probably still have at least a little bit left in the tank really become available? Like you you don't see guys like this moving around when they're still kind of in their prime. You get like an older Henry Burris that goes from Calgary to Hamilton to Ottawa. You get it's it's things like that that this was reminiscent to me of Ricky Ray going to Toronto. And I think Ray was a little bit younger. Maybe, maybe he was, maybe he was older than Bo was when he got traded to Toronto, but it reminds me that like Ray had dealt with some injury issues. He was never supplanted as a starter in Edmonton, but he dealt with some injury issues here and there. There's all, and then he obviously dealt with them when he was in Toronto, but what did Ray do when he, he spent six seasons in, in with the Argos and won two championships. And I mean, Bo's coming to the lesser division and believe it or not, I saw this today. I can't remember where I saw it. But if all the quarterbacks stay the same with Mazzoli and Harris and McLeod Bethel Thompson as the starters for their team, Bo's the youngest quarterback in the division, and he's the most accomplished. Like, I know that there's a lot of fans out there that are mad that this team is going to move on from Dane Evans, and I and I totally understand that. But if if Mitchell is the upgrade that the team believes he is, I think he can capture that 2017, 2018 type of both. He can stay healthy and stay upright. I mean, it was
0: the move the team had to make, no? Yeah, I think um, a Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback like that at the age of 32, um, yeah. I Which think that is he,
1: not old for an athlete no. in 2023. Like, no. I was on, I was on um, CHML with Bill Kelly today, and we were talking about this. And I said, like, yeah, he, he – you know, you think of – like, when we were kids – you know, guys were retiring, like Dan Marino retired at 37, Jim Kelly retired at 36. John Elway was out of the game at 38. Uh, Joe Montana was done at 37. And I know Bo's a little ways away from that, but now you're seeing guys, Tom Brady aside, cause he's a freak. He's like, he's the LeBron of the NFL where it's just like what he does to his body will keep him playing until he, you know, he's a mummy for crying out loud. But, Aaron Rodgers is about to turn 40. Drew Brees played until he was in his 40s. Matt Ryan, I know he's not that good anymore, but he's late 30s. You have um, Brett Favre played until he was 41. Like, you see, you've see, you seen in the last 10, 15 years, guys take care of their body better. Guys know about nutrition more, the, the training regimen they go through. Guys can play a long time. Like, Bo talked about this being sort of the second act of his leg. He said, I think the quote was, he wants there to be a debate who was better, Calgary Bo or Hamilton Bo. If he play, he could play here eight, seven, eight, nine years and, and still play at a high level. So like, what did Burris play? It was like 43, 44. Like it's possible that guys, that, that, that Bo could be here for almost a decade. And in that long a time, there's, there better be a great cup championship coming with it or, or else uh, I don't think it's going to get pretty, but you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this deal, they, they have to win a great cup. Do they not?
0: Yeah. And I I read your article and I thought it was, it was a great, great piece (coughs) today. Um, I agree. I think that it's it's great, cup or bust. Like you said in your article, it's like, you know, they're bringing him in to win that championship. And Bo knows that. Bo's the kind of guy, Bo's like the complete opposite of Dane Evans, like personality yep. wise. Um, and you know, and Dane, you know,
1: not to cut you off, did you notice that he called himself cocky? I did. I conference? did. I thought that I heard that. And I was like, Mike's going to like that.
0: Yeah, that's, I like that self awareness for sure. And maybe that's what they need. You know, I never liked Bo because of that cockiness. But, you know, I don't have to like the guy, like, personally, you know what I mean? If he wants to be cocky and he wins games for the Tiger Cats, I don't, he can be the cockiest cock of the walk. I, I could give a, give a crap, you know what I mean? So, um, when he's on a different team, I can hate him. When he's when, when he's on our team, um, <laughs> I want that confidence. I want him to think he's the best. Um, uh, but do you think that he can reach that level that he was at, you know, reach the prime, Bo- Levi Mitchell? Do you think, his shoulder injuries um, are going to be a factor going forward, or do you think, um, with some rest over the last couple of years, that he's back to, you know, being that guy? That's the million that's the
1: question, and a half dollar right? question, is it not, right? Yep. Like that's the if he is, this was a home run acquisition because they, with Bo at near his peak, they. With what they have around them, they will win a championship. Like, I do believe that. If he's not, then this is a massive failure. And mm. there's going to be a lot of people that are currently employed by the franchise that won't have jobs in a couple of years. So, like, the front office and the coaching staff are basically staking their Tiger Cats career on this working out. So, it's it's all or nothing. And I, I, don't, I don't know if he can get to that level. I, I'm not inside his body. Uh, he says he's as healthy as he's ever been. He says nothing is bothering him right now. We'll see how he feels come Labor Day or come Thanksgiving after he's played ten, twelve games and is beaten up. But if he's if he's healthy, if he's ready to go, I got no reasons to doubt him as of yet.
0: What about you? Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. And I think that they have the offensive line in place to give him time to be able to chuck it, chuck it downfield. And that's one interesting thing that I pulled from the uh, the presser was that. He said, you know, him and Tommy, they want to make CFL football, you know, exciting again. And mm-hmm. to me, that translates to they want to air the ball out down the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the offensive line is in place. Now we just need to get some, get some. And you know, if we re-sign some of our receivers, there, some of those pieces are there. But we need to get. Uh, I think we need to get a free agent or two, in at the receiver position, to uh, really stretch the field.
1: Yeah, and of course with everything to do with you, like we brought it up earlier with the Saskatchewan thing. That's one of the reasons I thought Hamilton was a better spot for Bo after the trade was made. When everyone was talking about him going to the riders, it's what was the big like the, the maybe not the key piece of problems with them, but you know what I mean? Like what was one of the things that everyone was rallying against when it came to Saskatchewan last year it was the state of their offensive line. Well, you got a guy in Bo who's not exactly mobile, and you're going to put him behind that offensive line or the one in Hamilton which as the season went on last year got pretty darn good. I don't know, man, it's it seems like it was almost kind of a of a no-brainer uh to, for him mm-hmm. to to sign here which he ended up doing. Speaking of that, I do want to ask you though, cuz there there's still we still got a ton to get into on this, but I'd like to start off by talking about his contract. The team gave him 3 years, 1.62 million dollars he makes on average 540000 a year makes him the second highest paid quarterback in the league right now. As of right now, you know, guys are going to enter free agency. We don't know what they could command. Free agents usually get a little more than they might otherwise deserve, but he's second in the league right now behind only Zach Calero. So I got a couple of questions for you on this, on this account. Do you like the length of the deal? And are, are, are you, be, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the injuries. Are you a little bit squeamish about the money side of it? Given that Bo hasn't played a full season since 2018.
0: Well, I like the three year deal. We have him locked up for, you know, a good amount of time. And I think that the money that he got is fair. Listen, he's proven himself over his career. Two great cups, two MOPs. He's a proven winner. He's been to four great cups. I think that, you know, if you didn't give him at least that kind of money, then he might have went to free agency. Right. Because You don't want to lowball the guy. So Mm -hmm. I think the contract is fair. And I think it's a good deal for the Ticats and for both Levi Mitchell.
1: Did you think it was interesting in his press conference where he brought up that Spencer Zimmerman, who I believe is one of the assistant general managers or assistant to the assistant general manager, I'm not sure what his title is, brought up what the quarterbacks made who won the last five Grey Cups and what their average was, what they took out of the out of the salary cap. I thought that was an interesting tidbit that Bo brought up, which tells me that Bo might have might have taken less than he knew he could have gotten on the open market.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. That's a very interesting stat that uh, Zimmerman found, and um, it was very smart of him to present that to bo levi mitchell be like hey this is what it you know these are the numbers of the last you know five great cup winners or whatever and uh obviously bo wants to win bo wants to make money you know bo wants to make money obviously but i think the more important thing to him is uh you know he winning more great cups and being a legend in this league which he already is but he can add to that legend with uh bringing the a championship to hamilton
1: so the, another angle I wanted to bring up, do you think that his signing will now entice other players to come to Hamilton? Do you think maybe this gives the team a chance to re-up with some some of their own players and maybe lesser money? Because I'm I'm not saying Bo took less, but it certainly seems from what he said that he probably took a little bit less so that other guys could get a little bit more. Do you think some other veteran players, be, be they current Tiger Cats who whose contracts are about to expire, or players from around the league that might want to play with Bo might take a little less for a chance to win a championship because when you have Bo Levi Mitchell as your starting quarterback it it is championship robust for him he he wants to win great cups he wants to win MOPs he wants to be the best in the league the best in the leagues get they win championships so do you think that maybe now that he's locked in this will sort of be the first domino of a bunch of dominoes to fall and then maybe some guys will come and join the team who maybe otherwise if Dade Evans was here or they went and got another quarterback might not be
0: yeah, I, I, I certainly don't think it hurts their situation at all. To, um, especially with like on the offensive side of the ball with you know receivers, they want to play with the Hall of Fame quarterback. They want to play with a quarterback that's going to get them up the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some pretty sexy free agent wide receivers out there, but um, uh, Eugene Lewis being at the top of the list. But I don't think I know there's a lot of talk and and you know a lot of fans want to bring him in and and that would be great because I think he's the best receiver in the league, but. I don't know if, you know, 300,000, he wants a lot of money. And I don't know if that's the right decision for the Tiger Cats to bring in a guy that's, you know, asking in the $300,000 range for uh, a receiver. But, but yes, to answer your question, I think it's going to help out the Tiger Cats bringing in guys. I think that players want to play with other players that uh, are proven winners.
1: Do you think that – so there was obviously a lot of angst amongst Ticat fans over the last – basically since we stopped recording until – bo signing where it's like the team's not signing anybody the team's not signing one. i think the last episode we did of last season it was just after they had re-signed kyle wilson to a contract extension and he's the only player like they've signed some unknown american rookie guys to some entry-level deals but they haven't re-signed any other players outside of wilson and and now bo who we say re-signed because he was but it's signed anyway do you think that now that Bo has inked his name to a contract, the Ty Cats have that money allocated, knowing how much they're going to spend? Now we're going to see those other dominoes fall of some of the, I think I counted today, I think there's 22 pending free agents on the team. Do you think now we'll see sort of those guys' deals start to get done now that Bo's deal is, is done and, and we're off and running?
0: Yeah, and we see this every year from Ticat fans that are worried yeah. going into free agency. Um and, and the Ticats seem to be late signers every single year. Not that, that the other teams in the league are doing a bunch either. But yeah, I think that's, you know, when both you know, they know who the quarterback is now. Uh they have you know, they they're not gonna be hi- or firing any of their coordinators, so that the players know who's gonna be the offensive coordinator, who's gonna be the defensive coordinator. So yeah, I think bowl coming into the fold really helps things.
1: I'm glad you brought up the coordinators because that's another thing I want to talk about. Bo himself, we've talked about some of his, his comments at, at his press conference on Tuesday. But one of the more interesting comments he made, in my opinion, was that he came to Hamilton because of his desire to work with the current coaching staff, including offensive coordinator Tommy Condell. He mentioned, he said, I want the, I wanted, the, one of the reasons, I, I again, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but one of the reasons he made his comments about, Testing free agency, even after the trade was, he wanted to make sure that these three guys, and he meant Mark Washington on the defensive side, Orlando at at the top, and Condell on the offensive side, were all in place. And he said he knows those guys are going to get head coaching jobs eventually, but he wanted to make sure those three guys were still here when he signed on the dotted line. Those were... Like that, there's got to be a, a section of Ticats fans who are like, I, I really want to get Bo that also were like, I really want to get rid of Tommy that are now like, mm-hmm. don't know what to think. Because it looks as if Condell, I'm not, I'm not going to say Condell kept his job. He was signed for next year before they m- made any trade with Bo. He was signed to through the 2023 season last winter. But it certainly seems as if Bo's desire to play in a Tommy Condell offense was what, I won't say it pushed him over the edge, but certainly enticed him. To, to to sign with the Cats. So what do you kind of make of his comments? Do you believe him first off, or do you think this was just one of those things where he, this is what someone has to say because this is who he has to work with. So publicly you kind of have to endorse him. What do you think?
0: No, I, I, I believe that he uh, likes Tommy Condell. He likes his offense. He thinks that he's a good offensive coordinator and he, Tommy Condell has been the, the whipping boy a bit for Ticat fans over the last couple of years. And I've been guilty of, of it as well at times. But I think that he he is a respected coordinator by the players, by, by staff, by coaches in this league. And maybe the, some of the problem was the offensive line last. Like, Tommy likes to air it out. We've seen it in previous seasons. If you don't have an offensive line that gives the quarterback time to air it out, or if you have a quarterback who might be in his own head, which, you know, Dane was at, at times last year. He admitted himself. He went to uh, the team psychiatrist to, to get help with that. Um, if you have a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell, who's not going to have, you know, I, I just don't think he's going to have those mental issues. And you have an offensive line blocking for him. Listen, I think Tommy Kendell can be a really good coordinator again in this league if he can air it out and do the things that he wants to do. So uh, I think that Bo was sincere in what he said.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you as well. I think Bo was a hundred percent honest when he when he made like I because here's the thing, if he was lying, then why sign? You know what I mean? Like because he didn't have to sign here. He was a pending free agent, but he chose to. And he said one of those reasons that he came here was to work with T- Condell. And yeah, I just I'm just curious as to how tie Ty, fans that really wanted him gone, but also really wanted Bo to come in feel about that. It'll be interesting to kind of see if if that'll play out on social media over the next couple of weeks. We can't talk about. Moving on to something else, Bose signing without discussing kind of the elephant in the room, and that is, we've touched on a little bit, the future of, of Dane Evans in Hamilton. I, I certainly feel as if this signing Definitely, uh, like, will bring an end to Evans' tenure with the team. I know there's been some chatter out there about him maybe taking reduced money to be the number two, but I think he, while maybe not outwardly as cocky as Bo, I think he believes he can be a starter in this league. And I think he's done enough to, to be given another chance to be a starter in this league. I mean, how many times have we seen guys not even produce as well as Evans has? And get second and third and fourth opportunities. Like look at Nick Arbuckle. What, what has Nick Arbuckle done in this league that has merited him being given a shot to be the starting quarterback in Toronto, in uh, Ottawa, and in Edmonton? Compared to Dane Evans, Dane Evans' resume is a million times better than Nick Arbuckle. So I think this kind of ends, sadly, will end Evans' tenure with the team, which seems like a something we wouldn't have we would have thought unfathomable a year ago at this time. I think it's kind of sad that it ends like this. There was a lot of promise here that was kind of unrealized. And like a, a part of me will be sad to see him go because I think he did really kind of uh, endear himself to this fan base. And I think you've seen the outpouring of support that he's gotten in the wake of Bo's signing kind of reflects that. So what do you kind of think the future holds for Hamilton's former number one quarterback?
0: Well, I'm with you that, I, you know, he's not going to be back with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I, I, I'd love to have him as a backup. Like, that, that would be fantastic, but I just don't see that happening. You go from one fishbowl in Hamilton to another in Saskatchewan, possibly. Like, there's a lot of, you know, talk about him potentially going there. So, you know, I, 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 I wish him the best. I really do. I think that he will be a starting quarterback in this league again um, because he has the talent. We know he does. Like, I mean, the guy... The guy's done great things in the playoffs. He went 17 for 17 against the Argonauts and got us to the Grey Cup a couple of years ago. Yes, I I, I do think that um, he, will, he will be a success somewhere else. But I, I also think that you have to, you know, after the year he had last year, if you have the opportunity to grab a guy like Bo, then you go and get him. But uh, it is sad. The way that it turned out for Dane, because I thought he would be the the franchise quarterback for, you know, 10 plus years. Like it could have been a long time Tiger cat and it just didn't work out.
1: How do you think it ends? You think they trade him for a couple draft picks or so, or do you think he just ends up getting released in the next couple of weeks before free agency to give him a chance to maybe sign on elsewhere before the market opens? Cause there's going to be, as of right now, McClell Bethel Thompson is scheduled to become a free agent. Cody Fajardo is scheduled to become a free agent. Trevor Harris is scheduled to become a free agent. Like it would be a crowded quarterback market and there's not that many starting jobs available we know it's going to be vernon in bc obviously it's clarison in, in winnipeg Bo here in hamilton where what do you think you think the the team will i, I hate to say do right by him because i think that that's you know people will be like oh they let him go early what a classy move but to me that that doesn't enter into the equation in my opinion no. what, what do you think do you think he gets traded or do you think they get outright right release him and let him sign wherever he wants
0: i think they'll try to trade him um, but it, it might be difficult knowing the situation that they're in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you trade him, then you're trading his contract as well, and I think he was supposed to make in the 400000 Yeah, four twenty-five, yeah. something like that. So, I mean, wherever he goes, I think that the team that he signs with is going to want him to take a pay cut just based mm-hmm. on how it went last year. So uh, I, I see him being released and then signing somewhere else. I, I just don't see them getting a lot for him.
1: I mean, it happened with Zach Caleros. Like that when the team had clearly moved on from him after the 2017 season, they found a trade partner in Saskatchewan. And he did take a pay cut to play for the Riders because he was, I believe, making at the time, I believe he was the highest paid player in the league at the time, which is funny that he's been, he was that five, six years ago and yeah. now has become that again through obviously a stellar play well with the Bombers. I, I think they could find a trade partner, especially if it's something like a mid round pick, especially if there's a team out there that would rather much like the Cats did with, with, with Bo, and the thing is, Evans is under contract, would much rather get him in early and mm-hmm. have the opportunity to kind of sell him on on what they're gonna do. I think it'll be interesting. I think with the the potentially crowded and it's not a an elite quarterback market, but these are starting quarterbacks that, that could potentially be available. I think it'll be right. interesting to kind of see and we saw you know Red Blacks re up with Jeremiah Mazzoli for another year, so they think he's going to be back. What does, what does that do for, you know, guys in Ottawa? Like, it, it there's definitely an interesting dynamic at play, and we're, what, two and a half weeks out from free agency, which feels crazy that it just feels like just yesterday the season ended. So I, I I think I'm with you. I think they're going to try to find a trade partner, but I guess we'll have to wait and see if they um, eventually do find one.
0: And interesting enough is that uh, Dane doesn't have, like, an season bonus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's, yep. they're not going to be cutting him before that bonus so so they can hold on to him as long as they want really for a trade partner
1: yeah i think he has a a like a pass bonus for first day of training camp you know what i mean like i think that was his like roster like i think one hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like a power some i I don't know the exact dollar figures i didn't look it up but i think that that's what he has is that's the bonus he gets to training camp passes the physical and gets a check okay a couple other things before we move on did you see the video the Cats put out on social media with the doctored game footage to make it seem like Bo was throwing passes to Cats receivers last season? You, you saw that, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah,
1: the team has since deleted the video. I found out they received a ton of backlash from fans. I, I, we won't go long on this. I just got to ask, what do you think? Did, did you find it as distasteful? I, I found it kind of cringy that they would do yeah. something like that. Um, what about you?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't, like, lose my mind over it, but I, I, I watched the video and I just thought it was a little bit in, in bad taste, maybe. Um, mm. You know, I mean, Bo wasn't throwing those passes, so it just it just kind of kind of a you to Dane a little bit. Like, not, not on purpose. I know they didn't purposely do that, but it just, I, I wouldn't have done what they did. I wouldn't have released that video.
1: I think what, an easier way to do it would have been show some game footage of Bowen Calgary throwing a pass and then end it with him throwing the pass to the tie cap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like have the tie cap yeah. player catch it. Like if you're going to go that route, I feel like that would have been a less less cringy way of sort of doing the same thing. Like I think it's it was silly regardless, but I don't know. The team has since taken the video down. So I guess I guess they listened to what the fans were saying and, and decided, yeah, maybe it wasn't poor taste. All right. Last thing on this, and then we can move on. Simple question for you, Mike. What are your expectations for him and the Tiger Cats this season and over his tenure with the team? What What do you think this team will do? What do you think they have to do?
0: Listen, I, you know, the Grey Cup's coming up in Hamilton this year. And the, the expectation is, I mean, they this move indicates that they're all in for next year. And, you know, the year's coming, the next couple years with Bo as the quarterback. So my expectations are winning a championship in the next three years. It doesn't necessarily have to be this year. I mean, that would be great. In front of your home crowd, you know, make up for the loss in 2021. But uh, yeah, Mike, my, my expectations are a championship. I want one championship from this contract.
1: So you want it, you want at least one great cup in the next three years. It's not yes. if he ends up playing eight years in Hamilton and wins one, but he wins it in year five. You think they would need to win one in the next three?
0: That that's where ah. you're at. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Okay. They, I think that listen, they don't have to. Okay, like, but that's, they that's, can be what you, really, that's what
1: you expect them to do.
0: But those are my expectations. I yeah. expect a great cup in the next three years.
1: Do you think that? Do you, uh, yeah, and this might sound silly because I'm asking you this, and this is your opinion. Do you think those are unfair expectations? Because I know some people will, will put that and say, well, asking a guy to win a championship for a team that hasn't won in nearly a quarter century, like that's asking a lot. But isn't that why he was brought in? It like, yeah. the move yeah. was made because they're, they're, I, and you're you mentioned my piece. I said they, they've been good enough to be close enough, but being good mm-hmm. enough to be close enough is not good enough any longer. And this was made to win a championship. So uh, there, there are going to be some yeah. people out there who are going to say that that maybe is too high. But I, I think that's perfectly in line. I think you you have to. That's yeah. they, they they made this move to win a Grey Cup. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, I mean when you're starting out in a season, the all, all not every every <laughs> team in the league expects to win the Grey Cup, and it yeah. should be no different in Hamilton, especially in a year where they're hosting the Grey Cup and they bring in a guy that has won two Grey Cups and been, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of the last 10 years, their expectations are the same as mine. They want to win a championship. You know, they probably want to win one every year, but I will say that, you know, if they don't win one in the next three years uh, of this, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell era of his first contract with the Ticats, it will be a failure. Okay, that's fair. That's fair.
1: If I was to set the over-under at... 1.5 Grey Cups, the Ticats win with Boat. Now this could be for however long Bo plays here. Would you take the over or the
0: under? <sighs> I'll, I'll take if if he signs a second contract for yeah. like say another three years, I'll take the over. If we're really? just, if we're just saying like for the next three years, yeah, obviously I'll take the under.
1: Oh okay, all right, interesting, interesting. I would have taken the under either way because and my thinking is they haven't won one in 23 it's, years. I'm not I'm not taking the over. Yeah five maybe i'd be more but 1.5 we'll see but yes it's definitely a great copper bus it's it's definitely a fascinating time though for for the ty cats this is well if Bo's the best quarterback of all time then uh, it should be easy i <laughs> i agree <laughs> you gotta you gotta be you gotta hedge those jokes though now because now he's your guy you gotta when I know, are you get your boat like right
0: when he wins, when he wins a Grey Cup for the Tiger Cats, I'll I'll buy a Mitchell jersey. How about that?
1: Okay, that sounds good. We'll hold, We'll have to hold you to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna move on now. I think we've said all we can say about Bo Levi in in Tiger Cats. Well, uh, just
0: one more th- one more quick thing. I'll just oh, give a quick thing. Okay. To, yep. I'll give a shout out to Scott Mitchell for getting them all liquored up in Hawaii. <laughs> and <you> now. <laughs> get it convincing him you know that was a good move by him I, I like that
1: hey you know when Scott Mitchell gets involved these deals get done whether it's in Hawaii Hamilton or anywhere else so if that's what pushed him over the edge thank you very much Mr. Scott Mitchell okay so it's a new year we like to try out new things last year we did live shows like we did the post game shows we like to try out some new things this year we had some ideas for this upcoming season to present things maybe in a little bit of a different manner We're still going to go kind of long form, as we just did with Bo talking about a half an hour about Bo's contract. Most high cat things, most really important news, we're going to we're going to continue to do it in these kind of long form ways. But we kind of thought it would be fun to take things a little less seriously sometimes, because at the end of the day, we're talking about sports. And I think some people can can take sports, especially in the social media era, a little too seriously. So I thought we thought that playing some kind of games this year and and talking about the news would be a fun way to kind of get as much of this news items into the show as possible instead of going 15 minutes or having to have some soliloquy about every this that and the other we can just kind of play some quick like go 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 games uh we're going to start today with with one we're calling all in all out the premise of this game is simple mike i will present a question to yourself and myself and we will say whether we are all in on that idea or all out on that idea and kind of give a reason why does it make sense to you that Do you, it seems pretty simple right yep I get it. All right. So let's get started. The biggest news that came out during our hiatus was that BC Lions quarterback, Nathan Rourke, signed a futures contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. When this happened, everyone started tripping over themselves to give takes on this, ranging from this being good for the CFL to this being a terrible move by Rourke, and then kind of everything else in between. Whatever you can think of, people have had an opinion on that. I don't care about all that stuff. Uh, Those debates don't really interest me. I think you and I even already had the, is Nathan Rourke leaving for the NFL good for the CFL debate before? I'm not interested in in rehashing that. What I am interested in, though, is talking about what his NFL future could look like. We know, I mean, most of us know, there was some guy that I think is going to bet me 200 bucks that Rourke's going to be the starter by the end of next year with Jacksonville, but anyone with a brain knows that Rourke will not unseat Trevor Lawrence, who was the former number one overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just led them to a playoff victory this season. He's not taking over for him in 2023 as a starter. But I do want to know what you think his NFL prospects are. So I'm asking you, Mike, are you all in or all out on Nathan Rourke still being on an NFL roster one year from today?
0: Uh, I'm all in on that. I think that he's going to get his chance to show what he has. You know, I think there was like, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that got a chance yep. in the NFL this year. Uh, I think in the range of like 60 quarterbacks uh, started a game. I'm not sure if that number is correct or not. But um, yeah, I think he'll be in the NFL for many years to come. I think that you know Trevor Lawrence is obviously the number one guy and he's going to be the number one guy for a long time in Jacksonville. But I think that injuries happen and Nathan Rourke will probably get on the field at some point and be able to show that he is NFL caliber. And then another team will look at him and be like, Hey, maybe we should bring him in and maybe he can compete for the starter's job. So I think he's going to have a lengthy career in the NFL because I think he's, he's a really, really solid quarterback. And I think he's good enough to play there.
1: And he's got to be the youngest CFL quarterback to go down there. Maybe ever. You know what I mean? Like he's what? 24. Like he goes down there. And the thing is you bring up the backup quarterbacks. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing the NFC Championship game this weekend. They are on their third string quarterback, who was right. the last pick of the draft this, uh, this past year. And they're in the final four of the NFL. Backup quarterbacks do get a chance to play. But even if they don't, his coach is Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is buddies with Andy Reid. Like These coaches have networks of guys. And who's to say that maybe the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, they say the Jags go from 9-8 this year, which they were, winning the NFC South, winning a playoff game. What if next year they go on a Super Bowl run? Well, then all of a sudden their offensive coordinator, if they're a high scoring offense, well, he's attractive for a head coaching job somewhere else. And then what if he goes there and it's like, ah, you know what? Because usually when teams hire head coaches, what's one of the reasons that they need to do that? The quarterback's not very good. What if this coordinator goes and is like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring along my backup quarterback. I have been an NFL fan for as long as I've been a CFL fan, and I have seen countless times where guys with very minimal – Rob Johnson comes to mind as maybe the most egregious one, and I remember that mostly because he went to the Buffalo Bills, but backup quarterbacks who show a little bit. Scott Mitchell was another one in the 90s who came in for an injured Dan Marino, and then all of a sudden the Detroit Lions are like, oh, he can be our franchise guy. You see backup quarterbacks get the opportunity one or two games due to injury or what have you, or even just show something in the preseason. And then a team will make a trade for him. And there's no reason to think that Nathan Rourke, I'm with you on this. I'm all in on Nathan Rourke being on an NFL roster one year from now. I might even go so far as say Nathan Rourke would be on an NFL roster five years from now. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to play in the CFL again. I think he's going to, I don't think he's going to get an opportunity to start in Jacksonville. But I do think at some point he's going to get an opportunity to start a game in the National Football League for a team. And I think once that happens, the sky's the limit for that kid. I think he's that talented. Mike, during our hiatus, we also saw a head coaching vacancies get filled, starting in Ottawa, where the Red Blacks removed the interim tag and named Bob Dice as the third full-time head coach in franchise history. The Red Blacks also announced that Kahari Jones would be the offensive coordinator, Baron Miles would be the defensive coordinator, and they even, which we talked about earlier, signed Jeremiah Mazzoli to a contract extension that keeps him in the nation's capital through the 2024 season. All of these moves, but especially the coaching ones, were met with near universal praise when they were announced. So Mike, I ask you, all in or all out on these moves making the Red Blacks a playoff team in 2023?
0: I think I'm all in on this as well. Um, I like Bob Dice as a head coach. His players um, really like him. They they seem to be really excited to play for him again next season. Um, they played better under him after Paul Appelice was fired last season. So uh and you know they uh, they acquired a lot of good talent last year and obviously didn't play out and i think a big part of that was jeremiah mazzoli's injury um i think they would have been a better team with him at the quarterback all season i don't think they'd necessarily be you know a great cup contending team but i think they would have been a contender in the east uh without that injury so i'm all in on these moves I'm i'm with you i'm all in as well i think
1: with watching how ottawa performed with lesser talent when dice was given the interim job now you have a oc and kahari jones i think that everyone thinks can can do things in this league you have a defense coordinator baron miles who we all think it's funny they're both ex-montreal guys who was unceremoniously dumped in montreal and if jeremiah i think a lot of this will depend though if jeremiah Mazzoli comes come back and can play because I think if they still have the quarterback issues, I don't think – no matter how good that coaching staff is, if they don't get good quarterback play, then they won't. But I'm hedging – Like I know it, the last few years Mazzoli has been injured quite a bit, but I'm going to go with – he. Mazzoli has a bounce-back season, plays the majority of the games, and I think the Red Blacks are fighting not only for a playoff spot, but for a home playoff game this year. I think it's going to be – the. The East, I think, is going to be, and I know we, we fall into this trap every year, I think is going to be much more competitive in 2023 with all the teams kind of jockeying for position. I don't think there's one team that's going to be extremely terrible, and I don't think there's one team that's going to be extremely bad. So I'm all in on the Red Blacks being a playoff team. The other team, Mike, that filled their head coaching vacancy during our break was the Montreal Alouettes, who hired Jason Moss as their new head coach. Moss spent last season as the offensive coordinator with the Saskatchewan Roughriders, but he spent the previous four seasons as the head coach in Edmonton, where he posted a 39-33 record and led Edmonton to three division finals in his four years at the helm. Moss is constantly the butt of jokes among CFL fans, but he has had a fairly successful coaching career. He was the offensive coordinator in Ottawa when they won the Grey Cup in 2016 and was on the staff with the Argos when they won it all in 2012. And his run in Edmonton, let's be honest, looks better and better the further we get away from it. So, yes, he has those sideline outbursts, outbursts, and his time in Ryderville last year was a disaster. But I think that stuff gets blown up because people, I think, are kind of predisposed to disliking Jason Moss. But maybe that's just me. Anyway, are you all in or all out on the Alouettes being better in 2023 with Jason Moss as head coach than they were in 2022 with Danny Macchoach head coach?
0: I'm going to say I'm, I'm all in on this. And I, I, I you know, it, it's tough for me. I'm kind of in the middle, but I'll mm-hmm. go all in because I think that's, I think that's the game. Right. You got, you got to
1: pick one. There's no, I, I got to pick gotta one. Go one or the other.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So I'll pick all in because I think that Jason Moss is a pretty good coach. I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but I think he's a pretty good coach. And I, I also agree with you that people don't like him because he's a little bit mean. You know, just like people don't like Chris Jones because he's a little bit mean. But sometimes you have to be mean. Sometimes you have to, you know, tell the players when they're doing shit wrong, and you know, get angry and all that stuff. But, um, <clears throat> you know, he's not he's not up on my list as one of the best coaches in the CFL. But I think that they will be better than they were. I think he's a better coach than Danny Machocha. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, I know that people. losing their minds when he was hired how how bad of a decision this was but I just disagree I think that he has a winning record as a head coach um obviously last year the offense was really bad in Saskatchewan and and he he, I'm sure he has um you know you could point some of the blame at him for not adjusting to Cody Fajardo for not adjusting to a, a poor offensive line because he likes to chuck it around uh all around the field so there is some blame to be had over the woes of the Saskatchewan Riders offense last year. But I do think that overall, he's a pretty good coach. And I think that if he has the pieces in place, like if he has Trevor Harris and Eugene Lewis coming back to the team, which I think will happen, um, I think Trevor Harris is a, a good quarterback for his system. So I think that they will be better than last year. All in. So I'm all out, and this is why. I think there is the,
1: if there's going to be a team that's going to take at least a little step back from where they were last year, I think it's going to be Montreal. I think 2023 could be the year where they fall back a little bit and then get really good in 2024 and beyond. And the reason I say that is not because of Moss. I don't think they're going to be able to bring a bunch of guys back. I think Gino Lewis is gone. I don't know if you saw the tweet from earlier today, but he basically said, I'll see you all in free agency he was he talked to Dave Naylor and referred to the situation in Montreal as a shit show. I don't think he's going back to the Alouettes now. they show him the money. I'll be proven wrong, but i think and I think it's also possible that Trevor Harris leaves because I think that there's the possibility that he goes to Saskatchewan and is a starting quarterback there now. Can he handle the you call it a fishbowl? I'll call it a hornet's Nest. I don't know if he can handle that in Montreal, so there's a lot less pressure on you because you're not in Saskatchewan. I just think that the Alouettes are going to be the one team that suffers significant enough player losses that regardless of how good of a coach Moss is, he won't be able to overcome that. So this is independent of Moss, but I'm all out on the outlets being better. Maybe they're the same. Maybe they're slightly worse. Maybe they're still a playoff team, but I don't think they will be better in 2023 than they were in 2022. All right. During the press conference to announce Mike O'Shea's three-year extension with the club Winnipeg Blue Bombers president Wade Miller was noncommittal on general manager Kyle Walters' future with the team. Walters has been the GM since 2013 in Winnipeg and has helped oversee one of the biggest turnarounds in CFL history, taking a terrible Bombers team and turning them into perhaps the league's model franchise. With all that Walters has accomplished with the Bombers, it feels weird, kind of, that he's not signed beyond this upcoming season. So, Mike, are you all in or all out on Kyle Walters still being the Winnipeg Blue Bombers general manager after the 2023
0: season? Uh, I'm all out. Uh, I think he's done after the 2023 season just because, you know, the way that they talk in Prescott. Like, if he was in the plans, they probably would say that. So they've been noncommittal on him, which is a head-scratcher because, like you said, he's the GM of a team that— has won two Grey Cups in the last three years, three seasons. And, uh, you know, an outsider looking in would think that he has been a huge part of their success. And to get rid of a guy like that seems very strange to me. But maybe the people underneath him, you know, the Danny says uh, the Ted Giovanni, is that his name, I believe? Gavea. Uh, Gavea, okay, yeah. Though Maybe those guys have been doing a lot of the legwork and they feel like they would be, maybe they're going to elevate one of those guys to the GM and they feel like Kyle Walters really isn't doing as much as people think that he's doing.
1: I'm all out as well. I think Kyle Walters won't be the GM after this year. I think with the last two extensions that O'Shea has signed, they also coincided with extensions for Walters. For them not to sign Kyle Walters to an extension, I think tells you everything you need to know. I think he will be out of Winnipeg after this season. I think he'll be a general manager in the CFL because I think, a team is going to scoop him up and say, do do for us what you did for the Bombers. And I think that team could be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If the Riders don't significantly improve, they're going to clean house. And you don't think that they want to steal the architect behind the mini dynasty that's running the CFL right now? I know they lost the last Grey Cup, but you win two of the last three, you're in all three, you're still in pretty... If the Bombers won't win it again this year, three and four years, that's 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 a dynasty as far as I'm concerned. If you don't think that the Riders would lick their lips at getting him in there to run their franchise you're out of your mind so i it, again we're way out from this but if i'm looking into my crystal ball I'm, I'm saying don't be surprised if kyle walters is running the green and white and not the blue and gold for the, the 2024 season and beyond the toronto argonauts released former tie cats receiver brandon banks over the holidays bringing an end to his one year with the club late last year banks told simone lawrence on his pay me to stop podcast that the only reason he played in 2022 was to win a Grey Cup and that he would have retired had the Ticats won it all in 2021. Banks obviously got his ring with the Argos when they beat the Bombers last November, but he recently told Steve Milton of the Hamilton Spectator that he has not made a decision on his playing future and that he is still contemplating playing in the CFL in 2023. So, Mike, are you all in or all out on Brandon Banks returning to the field in 2023?
0: Uh, I'm going to say all in. Um just I saw some tweets from him today and he was saying he still runs a four four. This and I think that he he thinks he can still do it and and I think he can I think he can still do it as well. Um, you know, he also said something about not being on the same page as his quarterback last year, which was, <laughs> I which, saw was that. In, which was interesting. I mean, kind of uh, he's an interesting character online. Um but yeah, I think I think I'm all in on him being back next year. Uh I'm not sure who with. But if he can still run like that, like, you know, he can still get open. So I think that there's still value there. Maybe, you know, we've seen a a pretty sharp decline in his productivity the last couple of years. But, you know, maybe if he's a third or fourth receiver, he can he can uh, sign with someone and, uh, you know, still be productive.
1: I want to be all in, but I'm all out. I just don't I don't know who's going to pick him up. That that that's where I kind of fall with this. It's not necessarily that he can't play. I mean he said he want he was going to retire after he won the 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 fact that he hasn't yet tells me that he's probably still contemplating it. I just don't know where he fits in and and like you're you're a Tiger-Cat for that long, you go to Toronto kind of makes sense. Like unless he's coming back to Hamilton or maybe maybe a a chance with Ottawa? Like I I just don't know what team and again, he's not going to cost a lot of money. He didn't make a lot of money last year. He won't make a lot of money this year. He's clearly declined. Like he's no longer the go-to guy for any team. He's not going to come in as your number one receiver. I just don't know where the fit is. So unfortunately, as much as I enjoyed watching him play, I think, I think we've seen the last of him on a field. And, you know, he gets to go out on top. And I think that that's something that a lot of professional athletes would like to do. That's it for the game. Mike, what do you think of our first edition of
0: uh, All In or All Out? I like it. I have to be very decisive though. I'm trying I like, I, I I, I to be a like part. all in the middle. Yeah, exactly. You got to make a decision. So, uh, you know, I hope, uh, the listeners enjoyed it as well, because this will be a fixed year going forward.
1: Yeah. We, I got a ton of, uh, we, we talked about it before the show. We got kind of a ton of different games we'll play. The news will kind of dictate how we'll react to these things. Maybe we'll play a couple different games. Like we'll, we'll splice it up. We'll play two different things or three different, like, we don't know. We're just, we're, we're tinkering. We're, we're trying to have some fun, And I think by by doing it in this format, I think, yeah, okay, we're putting ourselves out there. But at the same time, I think you can tell that it's kind of all in good fun. And I just I want to I want to make this more fun and and let like people like I said at the top, people take sports way too seriously. Don't you think like it's just let's have fun with this, like not everything just because you say something and and, and put your name doesn't mean it's you're an idiot if you're wrong. It's just have just just have fun with it.
0: You know, I I agree. This is supposed to be fun. And it still is fun um, for me, especially I find it when we take a break for a while and then, you know, we come back and we have like just right? Yeah, it's exciting. And uh, yeah, I just, like we were talking about it uh, earlier, it's been eight years of the Podsky Wee Wee podcast. And it just, it doesn't seem like that long. And, you know, it's just uh, time flies when you're having fun. I was a young. Oops. What are, you, what are you doing over there?
1: I was, a, I, was a, I, was a, I was a young man eight years ago, buddy. And uh, clearly you were too, because now you're pressing buttons and, and putting yeah. things you don't even know what to do. Uh, but you know what? I think that for, for our first show of, of 2023, it is 2023. Yeah, it's 2023. See, that's how old I'm getting. I forget what year it is. Um, I, I, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Hopefully the Ticats end it with a Grey Cup victory and not an, another crushing playoff defeat. But we'll get there when we get there. But until then, this has been Pods for this week, and I'm Josh Smith.
0: And I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. Eat them raw.